This podcast is Entel Enhanced. To see pictures, articles and links of what's being discussed, download the Entel app. Hello, welcome to the Big Scuba Show. Hello, hello, are you all listening? We are back everybody. Welcome to the Big Scuba Podcast. It's that time again. Welcome back and thanks for downloading this episode. So, this is episode 69, Gemma. Yes, 69. Some people might say it's their favourite episode. (laughs) Right, okay. (laughs) So, uh, my name is Ian and I'm your dive master and co-host for this episode. And also with me is Gemma. Yes, and I am... (laughs) A baby diver, as you've often been referred to. Yes, so, uh, yeah. Uh, we were back recording and we've got a lot coming up. It's a bit of a big episode, actually. Isn't it, it is, yeah. We've done a lot. Yeah, there's plenty of um, variety in this one, I think. It certainly is. If you're downloading us for the first time, where you been? You missed so much. You need to go back to the earlier episodes, catch up, see what we've been up to, and then fast forward, get back to this one. There's a lot of listening, 68 there's, episodes. There certainly is. Now, um, we talk about diving, we talk about snorkeling, we talk about free diving, we've had astronauts, we've had uh, the Navy on, we've had explorers coming on to talk to us about what they do underwater. Marine conservation. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we have uh, other people who just love diving, mm. actually, just come on and talk to us about... Yeah, we want to hear from anybody that's yeah got some connection to the ocean or water. It certainly is. I've been diving for a few years and a dive master for about the last three, uh, based on the East Coast in the UK. Yeah, and I've been diving qualified since July last year. Yeah. And so. I have 18 log dives. Really? <laughs> Should be more, but the C word got in the way. Covid. What's that? What were you... <laughs> Where's, where's this episode going? Right, come on. So coming up on this episode, we have um, our lovely guest, Rosemary. She's back to... Yeah, uh, Rosemary Lunn. She's yeah. back to answer your questions and update us with some diving news from inside the UK and uh, abroad. Also, we've got some news from Dan yeah. and also... We've got a little bit of chat about what we've been up to. Yeah, and what's coming up in the future. What's coming up on the Big Scooter podcast. Um, I'm going to say, actually, I know we didn't practice this, but I'm going to say a big thank you, uh, first off, uh, to everyone who's subscribed to our YouTube, because we've done a thousand. We have done a thousand. We've done a thousand, (laughs) which is awesome. Yeah, just over a year, Yeah, which is pretty good going. Yeah. Uh, for a pokey little <laughs> podcast like us, you know, we've done a thousand. And if you haven't visited our YouTube channel, take a look. It's called The Big Scuba. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> so you see our friendly faces on it, can't you? Yeah, and it's, you know, us, us uh, on the water, below the water, talking to different people um, about their life and diving yeah. and things like that. And also, there's a little bit on there about different products that we like yeah, and, and use. Yeah, and Eva. we did a few little big chats, didn't we? So that's on there where we've spoken yeah. to mermaids and yeah. Yeah, people. Back, back in the day, in yeah. the lockdown day, remember doing them? But yeah, there is. They all are all on there and there's more coming out. Um, and we're trying to juggle, we're like everyone else, we're trying to juggle work, family, doing this. I know, diving, we're, not, <laughs> we're not in a full fit, lockdown. You know, and uh, yeah, so we, we, we're like everyone else. We've got lots of plates spinning and we're just trying to keep it all going, aren't That's we? That's the fun thing about it. That is the fun thing about it. So, uh, But we appreciate every one of you or our listener to uh, to come on and download, um, no matter where you are. You know, Around the world. In the world, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think last count was about 95. 95 countries, countries yeah. So, uh, and we do, and um, we appreciate each one of you. It's brilliant. Thank you very much. So, Jem, um, what have you been up to? Well, well, work started again, so that's... Back to work. Back to work. work. Part-time, but yeah. There's selling gonna, fish. Selling fish, yeah. And there might be an episode on, about on fish coming up. Yeah. 
So, so Gemma's got her market store in Norwich. Oh, yeah. That she sells wet fish. What are you doing? <laughs> no. So what else have I been doing? I've been on my paddleboard. Got yeah. out in the week. Yep, so that was good. So weather was nice and sunny, so I made the most of it. Saw plenty of wildlife. Yeah, it's so, been beautiful yeah. this week. Yeah, so the river, um, yeah, plenty of cows, kingfishers, fish jumping out of the water. So that was great to see. Yeah. And obviously keeping fit, CrossFit. Yeah. Yep. So how about Excellent. you? <laughs> um, what have I been doing? Work mainly this week and uh, I want to try and get on the water today. Obviously, if you're tuning in for this one, we told you about what happened last weekend when we had to call the dive. Look at that episode, the five any 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 and uh, hello to Christina. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that was that that weekend, and then this week it's just been really sort of doing the same as you really work, uh, work, CrossFit, keeping trying to keep fit, yeah, doing stuff for the kids. On social media as well for oh, a bit. loads of stuff on yeah. social media and talking media. to potential future guests as well. And yes. We've had few inquiries as well, which is good. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. Um, our email box is uh, quite busy now, mm. so, which is quite nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and if anybody out there, obviously Roz is coming up and she's answering questions. But if any of our listeners out there want to have a question answered by Rosemary then send them in yeah and the back phone is still there you know we still use that and we've got a back phone message we um, have coming from up. our roving reporter <laughs> Tash who's been out on the M2 she's got she's done a, um, a good dive yeah. good dive and a nice uh, so if you want if you want to know more about Ta uh, Tash following the message look up Tash and George diving tours on Facebook and uh, they often got few tours going and I know they've got some trips coming up this year so as well yeah she mentions the Red Sea as well so hopefully that will go ahead yeah we've all got our fingers crossed for that one hello caller please leave your message after the tone remember to leave your name and where you are calling from so that we may play it on the wireless thank you for calling please leave your message after the tone hi guys Tash here from Tash and George's Dive Trips we managed to get out at the weekend, uh, going out of Portland with Skin Deeper um, on Ian's boat. It was really, really great. The weather was stunning. The sea conditions were stunning. Went out um, to have a look at the M2. Uh, I've had three failed experiences of the M2. The visibility has always been really bad, but we managed to get three to five metres on the M2 and uh, had a great dive. Not too cold either, which was fantastic. And then we took a little trip to the James Fennel nice little 17 meter um, wreck down not too far away from the M2. So really, really great, great day out diving. Nice to get back in the sea again. Warming up to go to Scapa um, and the west coast of Scotland over the next few months and ultimately the Red Sea this year if we get there, which will be great. Hope to see you all guys soon. Bye. End of messages. Um, so that's roughly what I've been up to. Um, we did speak to our friends Claire Dutton and Leanne Clowes at Scuba Scope a couple yes, of weeks ago. Yes, that's we? recently opened up. So yeah. yeah, so if anybody has been looking at I think, Dive Magazine, Scuba Dive Magazine, it's been listed in there. Deep oh, Blue yeah, they've it. done really so, well. You yeah. know, there's been a lot of media mm -hmm. uh, about that, Jen, and um, you know, we wish them the great greatest luck with that. Yeah, and, uh, hope yeah. to see you know see how that all uh, builds if anybody um, has been tell us what it was like yeah that'd be good yeah let us know uh send us a message and uh, use the back phone that's what's there for yeah yeah so leave what's the number message. you know the number is plus 44 78 10 59 24 well done <laughs> and uh yeah leave a message and let us know what you thought and uh, what you've done and what you Thought was really good, you know. So yeah. really good. Don't have to tell us any secrets, but you no, can just no, tell, tell, tell us what it was like. No, don't we? No, no, definitely not. We don't don't spoil the spoil the dive for every, everyone no else spoilers. as well. But yeah, no spoilers. So uh, yeah, that'd be great. Um, but yeah, good luck to the guys and the team at Scuba Escape. Um, also, do you want to do the news? Yes. Yeah. Um, we've mentioned COVID a little while ago, but Dan. 
I think we'll be mentioning COVID for years to come. Yes, yeah, the, the Divers Alert Network, Dan, they've issued updated advice. So there's now a new medical form that you can look at to give you guidance if you've had COVID. Or, right. um, so it's just basically, yeah, you do need to go for a medical if you have had COVID. So, But it's just something extra to consider if you are a diver that... If you've well, unfortunately, a lot you know, some people who've had COVID are left with this long term, yeah, COVID effects yeah. now, aren't they? Yeah, and obviously, diving affects your lungs and your heart, um, yeah, substantially. So, you need to be safe. I so. have a feeling there'll be more uh, um, of these sort of things coming out as the as time progresses, really, mm. and that'll be a part of insurance, you know, insurance things that you have to fill in when you filling in the questionnaires yeah. and all that same as you know it's just an additional questions isn't it which yeah, I suppose it's added if you say yes to you, you're going to be asked more questions and might have to go see a doctor yeah um, so if you're thinking about diving then and you had covid yeah you definitely need to seek some yeah professional um, help not just from your normal doctor as well you need to go to a proper diver qualified medic um, yeah who yeah well but go to dan the the they've got the full breakdown there and you can actually mm -hmm. see what the, what they suggest you know? yeah and dive centers will be um taking it on board as well won't they yeah. so they have to well yeah definitely yeah as good as uh, we are post the covid post lockdowns and mm. you know that they these things aren't going to go away they're going to be part of our normal life i got I, I i fear well i think the report says yeah covid is here to stay so it will be with us it's not going to be well in the UK you know we are coming out of lockdowns but when you look abroad um, you know India got it bad at the moment uh, parts of Europe serious, yeah. um, are, you know are back in lockdowns and that so yeah it's it's going to be around for a while so um, look at that you know and uh, yeah look at that for advice and yes, speak yeah. to your court your dive centres if you've had it on what to do for further advice yeah but we'll put a link in the show notes so that you can yeah have a look at the dan guidance yeah absolutely and also on that note from dan if you haven't dived for a while but you are thinking about getting back in the water um there's a good bit on dan's uh website you know about what to do top tips for if you think about getting mm -hmm. back in the water um don't go diving alone have an easy dive, basically. Get you know, back into the swing. Lawrence was talking about this, wasn't she? You know, mm -hmm. only a couple of weeks ago. Um, get back, do an easy dive. Get some pool time. Yeah, well, we've done that already, haven't yeah. we? And that was great. Yeah. yeah. When was the last time you practiced in an out of air scenario? Mm -hmm. Mask clearing, just simple things. Yeah. You know, uh, our surface interval has been you know six seven months. Yeah. You know, and they are reactivates your your local diving centre do offer them and they're only a few quid you mm -hmm. know and you can get your gear in the water Test for sake for a couple of hours get get in there with your buddy and just go through the basic skills i know we do harp on about it a little bit we did mention this last time but i think especially this area you know there's a lot of people who usually go to the red sea and do all their diving mm -hmm. won't be able to this year no so now this is going to be considering going back in the, the waters in the uk maybe haven't got dry suit no they need to do their dry suit and, orientation you know, and that's it so that's speak to your, your local dive center about you know if i haven't got dive uh, dry suit spec how do i go about doing that what yeah. do i need to know before i go higher one yeah you know? And the other thing that Ros obviously mentioned was have a checklist, put a checklist together Absolutely. so that you know what you're loading into your yeah. dive bag, what you need while you're on a dive site. Yeah. So just but to make there's loads of stuff on the divers area, divers alert network uh, website about that. And uh, you know, if you're unsure, speak to your local dive centre. Yeah, they're the people to talk to. Absolutely, you know, diving is a social sport, and um, you know, you've got your buddies, you've got your dive centers around who you know who are there to talk to and yeah and they're the most to. informed people they're keeping up to date with the news if not you can find a, a good podcast that you can speak to you know listen to as well yeah and if we can't answer it ros can answer it <laughs> <laughs> we know a lady who yeah, can we yeah we do we certainly do yeah um so i think that's probably a good time yes let's have a um little chat with ros yeah so, let's do it so it's that time to sit back and we'll catch up with Rosemary Lunn 
and uh, find out exactly what Rosemary's been up to and got some news for us. And also uh, we've got some questions. Uh, I believe, Jem, you've got a couple of questions put to it. Yeah, we've had a couple of questions um, that we've chosen to read out and Ros is going to answer them for us. Are you seeing comfortably? Yes, sure. I'll begin, shall I? <laughs> right, shall we, shall we start with one of the questions? Uh, we've got one from a guy called Josh Berman and he is in the USA. Oh. So his question was, hey guys, I'm a bit of a clueless newbie here. I currently live in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex and want to get scuba certified prior to my trip in June to Cozumel. There's a bunch of different certifications and I'm confused. What specifically I should get? Can you help? Right, so one agency is no better than another agency. Um, I'll put this into banking terms. So in the UK, we have Barclays and we have HSBC and we have NatWest and we have Nationwide and they all do banking and you can pay in checks and you can do standing orders and you can get your money paid and you can draw money out and it's, it's, it's banking. And um, there are nuances on your banking as to how you log into your bank account um, and how you deal interface with the bank staff. And it's exactly the same in diving. In diving, we have a number of different training agencies and they all teach scuba diving. And the difference, there's some slight differences, but not many, but it's primarily the big difference is the instructor and it's always down to the quality of the instructor. So get yourself a good instructor. Agency is, diff is a, a separate thing. Um, and find someone that you can learn to dive with, who you understand, who you respect, who... Um, is on your wavelengths, who understands you, um, and then start looking at the agencies afterwards. So you can learn online now. Um, some of the agencies have got online learning. Um, some of them still do classroom teaching. Uh, there is um, benefits with both, because with online learning, you can do it at your own time, at your own speed. So if you're really good at 11 o'clock at night and you're a night owl, it means that you can log in at 11 o'clock at night and do your training and do your learning. Yeah. Um, what I would say is if you can get yourself a manual as well and a hard manual, not all of the agencies do it now, have one and have a pen or get yourself a notebook and a pen and everything you don't understand, write it down. Mm. There is no one wrong answer. Sorry, no one stupid question in diving. If you don't know... You don't know. So as you're doing your online training or if you're reading your book and watching um, a DVD or something and you come across something, write it down and then chat it through with your instructor. Um, it's nice if you do some classroom stuff with your instructor, because that's when you get to understand your instructor. And when I was teaching full time, I would incorporate a lot of my hand signs that I used in the pool and I used in open water in the classroom. So I'd start talking to them and say, okay, good morning, how are you? Are you all okay? And I'd give the okay sign and explain what it is and then explain that when I give a signal, I expect the identical signal back to, to confirm that yes, I've seen it, yes, I understand it, and yes, I will comply with it. So therefore I could start saying, okay, let's get everybody stand up and I'd use an up sign or, okay, let's sit down. And so I'd be incorporating bog standard teaching hand signals into the classroom. Mm, good idea. And <laughs> so it made it easier. And I'd also teach things like sense and descents in the classroom and pool checks, uh, sorry, buddy checks in the classroom. So that when we got to hit pool time, because pool time is very precious and you have only a short time to do it, it means that everybody, it was a case of, right, we need to be in and ready and um, scuba sets built by the pool at this time ready to go yeah and so they learned all that in the classroom so really and truly you want um, um an instructor who you can understand um plenty of pool time or as much pool time as you can possibly get because this is where you learn you learn in the pool um yeah. find out what your extras are um, find out what else you need to pay for if your certification card is not included in your course that is absolutely fine. Mm -hmm. 
okay because you pay for your training you earn your certification and so you might need to pay for your certification fee at the end of your course and that is perfectly fine and perfectly normal yeah. um included in your course ought to be things like equipment you might need to pay for air fills you will need to pay for entrance fees to the open water sites um you might need to pay something towards pool time, but I doubt it because normally that's absorbed and put into your course cost. Cheap is not necessarily best. If you've got um, a fair priced course, that means that they've built it, they're able to pay their instructors, which is a big thing. They're insured, their equipment will be regularly serviced. It will be nice equipment. You will get plenty of pool time. If you are on a course where you're paying very little money, Something's got to give. No one's going to give. Is it going to be your equipment being serviced? Is it going to be um, your pool time? Is it going to be that your instructor's being paid? Yeah. It's um, true. Yeah, definitely. Because, like, you know, it's all got to be paid for. And, yes. um, you know, that's got to come from somewhere. So if it is too cheap, there's probably a good reason. Yeah. So find out what is included in your course, what you need to extra for your course how is your course scheduled so is it going to be one night a week is it going to be two weekends is it going to be five days mm -hmm. um have you got the ability once you've qualified to get access to pool time do they have a club do they have a social social um scene because if you've got a dive center that you're paying a bit more for but they've got all of this stuff do you know what I'd go with it because it means you'll meet like like minded people and you'll be able to get more mastery in the pool and pool time and play and start going on trips with them as well. Yeah. yeah. The social side is obviously important as well. If, yeah. If, you know, you're starting out as well. Yeah. So I'm qualified with various agencies. Um, it's all down to the instructor. It's not the agency. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. But the only thing is, you're not going to know that if you if you walk into a dive center coldly um you probably aren't really going to get to know that instructor till you maybe quids in do you think go and have a cup of coffee yeah go and go and go and talk to the different dive centers go and have a cup of coffee with them go and say i'm thinking of learning to dive can you tell me about it what can i expect mm. on my course what is my learning commitment to you what is your learning commitment to me Give them a bit of an interview and find out what what's included. Yeah, and their response back, you'll always have, you know, it's not about uh, the actual nitty gritty diving. It's about, you know, your people skills and the reception you're getting back from those people that is going to give you a gut feeling for something, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, the other thing is that your instructor is not to be, he's not there to be your new best friend. Mm. Mm. Yes, it's lovely if you really, really get on with your instructor and they are very friendly. But honestly, one of the instructors that I that trained me, I really hated him. And I'm very glad that he trained me because he was such a brilliant, brilliant instructor. Mm. And That's he right. hated me. So you don't go in thinking that he is going to, or they are going to be your new best friend. No, it's true. Because the last thing you want to be passed is passed because they're being nice. Because that's not going to keep you safe. No. Right. You know, and uh, that is, is valid, you know, very good point. So uh, somebody can understand, somebody can relate to. Yeah. Um, that will fit in your schedule or you can, it will work for you. Um, and a sensible price. If you're going to get a cheap course, guess what? You're going to get a cheap course. Yeah. Yeah. And also some people learn differently, don't they? You know, some people prefer books, you know, and Paddy are very big on their books and the manuals. And some people like that. They're not very good on laptops and computers. They prefer a book. So someone like SSI, who are very heavy on their website and their apps. And so is SSI. And so is RAID. Yeah. So, you know, so that might come into it as well, is how do you like to learn? Yes. Yeah, so really, uh, Josh Berman, he needs to do a bit of research in his local area and see Yeah. What dive centres are around and maybe yeah go and have a chat with them yeah and a, a little analogy for you is learning to drive because you you wouldn't just go to one 
driving instruct don't go what are they going to like because you might not go you might they might i don't know you might not gel so it's good to find out a different you know instructors and things like that see who you're going to best alone with same thing yeah and get recommendations as well if he knows any other people that dive then yeah have a chat but the social thing is is big as well isn't it because diving is a social sport isn't it you you think about the people that you've met through diving world Mm. um and you know the things that that then lead on to in the diving world and having fun and then you meet new people you can go diving Yes. So that diving, that, that social element that you, you mentioned is, you know, is another really great thing to bear in mind. And, you know, that's free. That, that's an added benefit. Well, you might need to pay to join the club. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? But that friendship is what, I'm, you know. Yeah, that friendship is absolutely invaluable. And yeah. it means that uh, when you're in, you, you're in the pool and you're playing games, with, you've got somebody else to play games with or you've got yeah. somebody else to practice with. Yeah. Yeah, and check out your dive masters too, because they're an important part of the of the team. Yes, dive masters certainly are very important. And one day I might actually be qualified as one. And, and me. <laughs> oh no, I am. Instructor, that's what I need to do. <laughs> oh, well, Josh, I hope that answers your question. And then maybe um, drop us a message and let us know how you get on and what progress you make, because it'd be good yeah. about his journey. Yeah, that's all good. So uh, Ros, I think you've got some uh, news about uh, ghost diving. And yes, I have actually. So it's been this week's been Earth Week, hasn't it? Yes. Um, um, I've got some very exciting news because Bracenet, who are based in Germany, they've just given fifty thousand euros to ghost diving, which is pretty neat. Um, so ghost diving was founded um, by a guy called Pascal Van Erp. He's a Dutchman. And uh, he uh, was a mad wreck diver. And at the end of one of the dives he did, he saw a bit of net and he cut it off and he bought it up. And um, he, the next dive he did, he finished his dive a bit early and he cut off a bit more net and bought it up. And it, it eventually changed where he, because he's a GUE diver, he's a global underwaters explorer diver. So they dive in a specific manner, in specific kit, with specific training, and everybody wears the same matchy matchy equipment. Yes, Ian. When you say uh, they dive in Pacific kit, what are we talk? Are we talking so technical talking, diving, or are we talking, talking about a twin set and it's rigged Hogarthian, um, and they dive with a long hose, which is Hogarthian. Right. Um, so it's it, it basically you've got a very long hose. We we I think we discussed octopuses the other week about yeah. long hoses yeah. and benefit. So um, it's it's you tuck you tuck your hose either under um, a stick or uh, your lighting canister on your you on your belt loop, yeah. and so you catch it and then it comes around your body and then it's in your mouth and then when you donate you will donate this long hose that you're breathing on and go onto your octopus your your secondary regulator underneath your mouth. Yeah. yeah, they dive in a specific way. They dive in set with set gases. They have specific skills. They are the coolest, coolest looking scuba dives out there. I have to say, country mile because they're flat. They're very flat. Their buoyancy is always nailed. They make it look absolutely effortless. They can fin backwards, sideways, round in circles. But why Obviously, is that? Is that because that's just drummed into them in a regiment of training they've got? Yeah. They're, 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 so like a, a GUE open water course is significantly longer. I think it's 21 days compared yeah, right. with um, right. one of the other recreational agencies. Mm. Well, Paddy, you can be done in just a matter of a few days, can't you? Yes. So it's a significant investment. It's a more expensive course, but it's a significant investment in training. But by golly, can you dive at the end of it? Yeah. Bet. So... Um, so these teams of so Pascal arranged because he was a GB diver to dive with other GB divers and they went down and we started bringing up all these nets and they bought up tons and tons of these ghost fishing nets and he wasn't satisfied in just bringing up the nets uh, he's a clever Dutchman and he uh, arranged for um, all these nets to be go off to Slovenia to be cleaned and respun and it got respun into a new fabric Wow. And you yawn. And I heard Pascal speak at a, a diving conference years ago and um, grabbed him when he came off stage and said, hello, tell me about this stuff. 
Um, and I spoke to Fourth Element and said, I found you your latest collection, your new collection. Have a look at this, this fabric. And 18 months later, Fourth Element launched Ocean Positive. <laughs> so their swimming wear and their rash vests are made out of this recycled yarn, which is recovered yes. by divers from ghost fishing nets, which is just exciting. Brilliant. So um, uh, Pascal has now established um, umpteen chapters around the world. Um, he's just done one in the UK, North and South, and uh, ghost diving, sorry, yes, ghost diving Germany's just been launched. Anyway, Bracenet um, saw the fishing nets and thought it was a great idea, and they make bracelets, and they donate up to five euros from a sale of each bracelet mm -hmm. and it goes to things like the ghost diving foundations to healthy seas and ghost diving to pay for recoveries and yeah. this week they gave ghost diving a fifty thousand euro check wow. from a sale of a brace nets which is really cool and it's yeah. great because we're seeing um you know proper decent ethical um because they're utterly transparent they aren't greenwashing they're not deceptively promoting a product or an aim or a policy that's environmentally friendly. They really are doing mm. um, this. And it's just brilliant that they, they, they've raised all this money. This is, this is the latest check that they've given them. I think they've raised so far about €275,000. And that's all from those net, the, this yeah, net? all from the sales of those brace nets. Yeah. That's amazing. So yeah. if you look if you look at if you type into google bracenet b-r-a-c-e-n-e-t um you'll find the bracenets and they've got um bracenets from around the world they say which seas they come from um they're sustainably packaged it's really cool so you can get your collection and you know that you are paying for divers to pull more nets out of the sea now that's just brilliant that's um, awesome yeah to get some yeah definitely that's a really good so yeah i think i'll we'll contact them and uh if you listen to us on entail we'll be able to just click on that link and that'll take us straight there because it automatically puts it in but it's brilliant you know that's really good and um anything that taken i haven't seen you know these nets in the water stuck caught on wrecks with lobsters and crabs and everything caught in them you know it's amazing just any anything that gets them out of the water is a brilliant thing and yeah. use it in and reused. So yeah. um, the nets that are bought up, if Bracenet is able to use it to make it into bracelets, they do. And if it can't be done, then it goes straight off to be recycled by Healthy Seas. Uh, so it's turned into this special yarn again. Yeah. So it's repurposed and it's made into things like Ocean Positive Fourth Element, uh, socks, um, carpets, um, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. It's great because it weighs it. it raises the awareness for non-divers as well uh, that that process is happening out there yes yeah no, that's really good so well we'll put the link in the show notes so everybody can like put yeah. that and order their bracelet <laughs> so, yeah. and it is because this is what always bugs me about you know when we do uh beach clean you know beach clean and things like that because there's got to be what happens next Yes. So when we clicked all the rubbish and things like that, you know, we try and make pictures and know all those sorts of stuff. But for, you know, if people are listening, you've got to think, you know, right, if we're going to clear, clear a load of plastic waste off the beach, what are you going to do with it next? Because yeah, if we do smart something. like this, because he's created this graved cradle product. Yeah. 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 He's completely closed the loop, and that's smart thinking. It is, yeah. I like stuff like that. Great if they could set up some way of, because I've got like a whole bag here of like rope and little bits of, yeah, fishing line. And, you know, we yeah. can't necessarily always put those into sort of a picture or so if you can send them somewhere so that they then can be repurposed. It's possible because you've now got a team in the north and the south. So you've got Duncan in the north um, out of Newcastle area um, and then you've got John in the south out of Cornwall. Um, it's possible that I'll see if I can have a chat with them and see if they, because they're collecting ghost fishing nets, yeah. if it's possible that divers can also send into their ghost fishing nets to one of the guys, um, either Duncan oh. or John. Yeah, because I've got, look, this, um, I'll show you. 
That'd be really good if, if we could, if they could. Oh, yes, you have, haven't you? Yeah. Well, you can make yourself some new stockings for that, couldn't you? Stockings? <laughs> yeah, stockings. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Well, wear them on, wear them on your rubber suit on a Saturday night, Jen. Yes, exactly. Oh, yes, I'll have a chat with Duncan and see if we can get them sent up to Duncan. Go on, bright pink, Gemma. <laughs> Lower the tone, Ian. <laughs> oh, you, you said last episode about you wearing a rubber suit. No, I didn't. You did. <laughs> no, children, children. <laughs> right, I think we'll move on and we'll ask our Dexter question that we have got from Matt Tesla. What does he want to know? He wants to know, he says, can instructors teach their non-diving partners to dive? Yes, but I will say yes with a caveat. Um, I remember teaching a girl to dive in Egypt because she was trying to do it to please her boyfriend. And he was a dive master. And she really loved him. And she knew he wanted, he, she knew that he wanted her to learn to dive mm. and she did it for him and she didn't do it for her. And she ended up in a right pool and really unhappy and really uncomfortable. And there were a lot of tears. And one lunchtime I said, right, come on, that's it. We're going down to McDonald's. We're going to have a cup of coffee and we're going to have a think. And I said to her, if you are doing this only for him, He's not worth it, and I'm not teaching you. That's it. Game over. Yeah, good point. If you want to do it for you, and this is only for you, and you you love diving and you want to try it, and this is and and ignore him, then absolutely, I will move heaven and earth, and I will do everything I can to teach you to dive. Go and have a think, and see me in half an hour. And she came back. And she said, "I hate it. I really don't want to do it anymore." It's like okay, that's fine. And so we stopped the course. She was and she was doing it for him and only for him and not for her. Mm. So a right motivation. Does the partner want to learn to dive or are they doing it to please the other person? If you are doing it to please the other person, please don't. You've got to want to learn to dive for you. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that the non-diver and the diver should have a learning agreement and realise you are no longer my boyfriend, you're my girlfriend. You are a student and you are my instructor and you should behave as such. Yeah. And if there's a course going on where there's a number of people on it, the other people shouldn't actually realise or suss that the yeah. partner's being trained. They are just another diver. Yeah. So it's a learning agreement. Yes, if you ask me to do something, I will do it. I will do my homework. I will do my pre-reading. I will do my knowledge reviews. Yes, I will behave. Yes, I will do the skills. No, I'm not going to bite back. No, I'm not going to argue with you. Mm. Yeah, because it could be awkward, couldn't it, for everyone else? It could be very awkward. No, I'm not going to behave in an inappropriate fashion and try and snog you in the pool. Yeah. Yeah, because it could impact on somebody else's experience, the learning experience, couldn't it? Yes. So for the course, you are not lovers. You are student instructor. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you comply with that, then it should be okay. But expect to be given a harder course because you're being taught by your other half. So I've taught um, two or three boyfriends to dive. And I really, given the opportunity, now I'm now married, but if I ended up having to teach a boyfriend to dive in the future, I don't know that I would. Mm. Because I do remember one boyfriend, because um, I used to work in London and I wore a suit and it was short skirts and I had nice legs. Um, I cycled a lot. And uh, he told me afterwards, after one lecture that I spent ages on doing and practicing and delivering and so on, he said, oh, I just watched your legs for the entire lecture. Mm. And it was just like, oh, you should listen to the lecture and not watch my legs. Yeah. yeah. Nice compliment, but that's really annoying. That means I've got to do a lecture with you again at some other point, which I really don't want to do. But I'll have to. But the rest of the cast listened to me. 
Yeah. Right. So, and then another one was argumentative and just a pain. So he had great legs, but you know, no. It puts you in a position that you don't need to be in. Sure. Yes. Yeah. So, so, but they basically, you try and be fair when you're training a partner, but in, in, invariably, if you're not careful, you will over, you will be tougher on them. Mm. Because and of course, they are your other half, and you want them to be safer. Yeah. An instructor always should be role model example. Yeah. So, given the choice, I would say, but if you're an instructor and you have a half and wants to learn to dive, go and pick out an instructor you know who is exceptional and go, do me a favor, would you please train my other half to dive? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it's you need to be impartial and yeah. independent as well. So yeah. you're not going to learn to dive just because you have a partner that's an instructor or student, vice versa. It's you've got to do it by the rules, haven't you? So if you're going to do this, enter a learning agreement, behave, stick to the rules, um, and then realize at the end of the day when they come off, come home, that's it, and they're your boyfriend or your girlfriend. And so don't start picking them to pieces about, well, you made me do this yeah. on a course. Yeah. yeah because they were training you, they were teaching you, and they were doing the best job they could on you. Yeah, basically you've got to act like adults and be mature about it. Be professional. Yeah. So yes, you can, but with caveats. Does that yeah. answer it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. And maybe, you know, Matt needs to think seriously a bit further down the line. It's not just a case of teaching. Was he asking uh, the question? Was he actually asking as the instructor or, or the student? Was that was in the question? Yeah. It, it he was asked as the instructor. Yeah. So. Yes, you can, but you've got to be very strict in your head and realise that that person in front of you is not your girlfriend or your boyfriend. That person mm. is a student. Mm. Yeah. See, I, I would go with what you said a minute ago, Ros, by getting I, I would if my partner I would say not being funny but I would recommend you you learn from this instructor uh, and then once you're qualified we can go and have a dive yeah and I would also say go get some diving in with some other people as well yeah yeah so because to broaden that experience because you know and I've said this to Gemma as well you know, uh, I've said to Jem to go at some stage, get some diving in with some yeah. other divers. Yes. Because it's very easy to just get singled at, uh, what's the word? Um, you're I'm just relying on one person. You don't want that. You've got to be self-reliant to a certain extent as well. Mm -hmm. And also, it's very easy to pick up other people's habits. I dived with a submariner who is my boyfriend, next submariner for two years. And when we split up, I found that exceptionally difficult when I went diving with someone else yeah. because I understood his body languages, his nuances, his hand signals, and he had the ability to bring a lump of metal to life and turn this wreck into a ship. And I knew where I was and what I was looking at because yeah. I'd asked him a question. He could tell me what it was and what I was looking at because mm -hmm. he had such good maritime experience. And it took me a very long time for me to actually get comfy in the water with someone else. Yeah. Um, so um, I'm not ever. I'm not saying that you shouldn't dive with your partner. Of course, you should dive with your partner if your diver wants. To, your partner wants to go diving, but it's also good to dive with other people as well. You'll be a more rounded, stronger diver doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it gives you more like independence as well isn't it you're you're seeing the bigger world out there rather than just you know yeah up with one person all the time so yeah. yeah yeah could we touch on what's your view then about a father who is a world or father or daughter or father or mother doesn't matter but they're the experienced diver yeah now taking their child who's just passed out for a dive because you know, they are allowed to depending on the standards however yeah. you need to absolutely adhere to standards and the child needs to understand that they need to adhere to the standards and behave and um follow their parents lead mm. provided but both parties is disciplined and you stick to standards and it is allowed in the agency training 
and the conditions are okay, are fine and they're properly equipped, then yes, a parent may dive with a child. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's almost a reflection of the part. They're certified. Yeah, yeah. But there's always a little bit of a risk I've seen, and I can think of previous discussions I've had uh, at the waterside as well with other divers, when somebody I didn't think of went out in the water who was had um, health issues and took their child out who just passed and they went in the water and we're like, uh, do you want to take somebody with you? And the parent who's got the health issues took their child out into the sea for a dive and stuff. And they're fine, they're fine. But the view, my thoughts were, is what if the parent who's got underlying issue, uh, health issues is ill in the water, young child is then got, you know, is reliant or not reliant, yeah, is buddied up with their parent who's now ill in the water. And you potentially could lose them both. Yes, but you could also lose a young inexperienced, you could lose an inexperienced diver diving yeah. with, with a more experienced diver who's ill in the water. Yes. Yeah, so you get called by the parent. Yeah. Um, the one that, so I remember, so one, one thing that strikes, sticks in my mind vividly is when I was teaching in Shummel Shake, we used to do medicals at the chamber. And we had Dr. Adalta here, who's a big kind of teddy bear. He's, he's amazing and he's world renowned. He's a brilliant, brilliant hyperbaric physician, much respected. And we had um, Dr. Ahmed, I think, and he was a pediatrician in Cairo. Okay. Um, and he was a pediatrician consultant and he was also a hyperbaric doctor, so a diving doctor. Um, a hyperbaric, so big pressure. That's what it translates as. Yeah. Um, and so we had two excellent diving doctors there and we had a family that I needed to take down for medicals. And one of the children failed the medical. And um, Dr. Ahmed sat with the family and explained and said they weren't to be able to dive now because of their condition, but they are likely to grow out of this condition. And in about two years or three years, they should probably be able to dive. And at that point, please take them to a diving doctor for medical and see if they can be signed off. And I don't really see it being a problem, but this is what you need to do. But yeah. I think they'll grow out of it. But at the moment, the answer is no, they cannot dive. And so I'm dealing with two Egyptian doctors and the family were English. And the family turned around to me and said, well, we want a second opinion. We don't, we don't believe this doctor. And it was kind of like, hang on, you have got the ultimate doctor that you need to see here because he's a consultant pediatrician. So he understands children medicine. Yeah. And he's a diving doctor. And diving doctors do not turn down medicals to make you miserable. Yeah. They will not sign a diving medical to save your life. Yeah, exactly. And I was quite shocked about it. And I said, no, you've got the best opinions here. Yeah. And actually, you've got the best opinions I know of in the world here. I don't know off the top of my head another diving doctor who's a consultant pediatrician mm. at a leading hospital. Yeah. Um, and I think they thought because he was Egyptian, he was not well qualified or knew his stuff and I got quite upset about that that really annoyed me but they they were pushing him to sign off their child's um medical and I said in the end look he's trying to look after your little girl yeah. and he's saying no to look after your little girl and because of your little girl's health no means no yeah 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 you've got to go with the experts haven't you yeah, yeah. So yes, if it's if 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 it's instead if if a child is certified, if the adult is certified, if the conditions are right, if they stick to standards, if um, they've got the right equipment, then yes, a child can dive with an adult, but yeah. you need to behave and follow the rules. Yeah. 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 Make sure you know you go out in safe and you know safe conditions as well to 
yes there's any yeah. potential risk yeah under the conditions you trained in yeah it's true yeah yeah no, that's good advice yeah so hopefully our two people answer asking questions are going to be yeah fulfilled in, with their answers <laughs> i think we've answered them fully i think yeah no and they were good questions yeah they've, they've yeah. Got, yeah a lot involved in them haven't they yeah, they're yeah. excellent questions. I'm really pleased to hear them. And I'm really pleased to hear that divers are thinking about things um, properly like this. This is excellent news. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's really good. Yeah. And then obviously, I think there was just one other um, news or bit of news, uh, sad news, that um, Eric Grove had passed away and he'd been um, dealing with his obituary. Yes. Okay. So. Pretty much every diver under the sun is going to go, who, what, who are you talking about? Um, but if you're into your maritime documentaries, so things like Titanic or Tirpitz or Bismarck or something like that, there was, uh, so Professor, Professor Eric Grove, he was a respected, distinguished naval historian. He was an author, he was a lecturer, and he was a TV expert, and he was just brilliant. Um, I've worked with him, with John Chatterton and Richie Kohler on National Geographic and History Channel documentaries. And um, this kind of cuddly bear with a, a big bow tie would turn up and he was effervescent. He was a very passionate um, man, um, very enthusiastic. And you'd point the camera at him and ask a question and it was like a tap had been turned on. This fluid delivery would be given and it would be accurate and succinct and full of facts. But he was very, he was very energetic and he was so enthusiastic, but he could make paint drying sound terrific. Um, and he would explain all the nuances so that you absolutely got it. And it was done in really good language. Now, he lectured um, in the UK and he lectured at uh, Dartmouth. And he lectured at Greenwich. Now, for those people who don't know, these are the two places Prince Philip went to Dartmouth. Right. And these are the two places that the Royal Navy send their officers for training. You've got the Royal Naval College um, and Greenwich is, um, so that's Greenwich. And then um, I'm having a mind blank over Dartmouth, what Dartmouth is called. Um, the Royal Naval College, I think, at Dartmouth as well. Yeah. Um, and so he impacted massively on the, the Royal Navy because he lectured um, at these places from, I think, 1971 to 1984. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he explained about strategy and all sorts of things. And you can see it when you see the obituaries paid to him, you know, how many admirals and senior people and naval strategic experts are all going, he taught me. Yeah. He inspired me. Um you know, he he was so knowledgeable. Um, so uh, I, I've been writing up his obituary. He's contributed to um, several naval magazines uh, and he's been in a lot of programmes. So if you find a maritime documentary and you see that Eric's in it, you know it's going to be a do good documentary and you'll learn stuff. And actually you go and you, you listen to this stuff and then you apply it to your diving or, or you understand your diving more. Um, and it makes you diving so much more. It really does. Um, and he was he was kind. Um, one of um, one of his PhD students said that he remembered being at a conference with Eric and Eric turned up and he said uh, uh, the food was apparently pretty pathetic. And um, the organizer said, well, we have volivants. And Eric going, yeah, those aren't even bite sized. Uh, so he rounded up all the PhD students and he said, you're all hungry, aren't you? Yes. OK. And you're all having to pay to stay in the hotel, aren't you? Yes, right. Well, don't worry. Food's on me. Come on, come on. We're going to get pizza. I'm not having you starving. You know, it's just stuff like that. Yeah. And he would he used to sing as well. Um, and he'd sing Royal Britannia and he'd sing, uh, you know, Purcell Sound of the Trumpet. And yes, he was a, he was a wonderful character. He was a superb academic. Have you he ever died? Had, sorry? He, he, didn't dive. Dive. he didn't dive mm. but we, he's, he's in documentaries that us scuba divers watch mm. um, and you know his vastness of, a, of his um, experience I mean he covered the Elizabethan eras so he covered from Elizabeth I to Elizabeth II and he could talk fluently on the Mary Rose or the Bismarck or current submarine warfare or the fact that we've got 
umpteen destroyers tied up in Portsmouth Harbour and what implication it has on it and why on earth the government cut um, so many ships um, in the current naval spending review and, you know, all sorts of bits like, you know, venereal disease in sailors in 1700s. It was everything he covered. Yeah. Well, he sounds like a person that you would look to and he'd just like light your world up. Yes, absolutely. He was he was um, eccentric and he was enthusiastic and yeah, he was a brilliant, brilliant educator. Um, he he remained an educator to the last. He wanted his body donated to science. Uh, he hadn't seen a doctor for two years. He died unexpectedly. And so there will be a post-mortem. So it means that unfortunately it, his body is no longer fit to be left for science. But I wasn't the bit surprised that he, he wanted that last piece of education because bodies yeah. donated science, it's a precious commodity. The, mm. the um, doctors of tomorrow don't have enough bodies to go and dissect and practice and learn on um, because people are all a bit squeamish about it. And they don't actually realize that how gross anatomy is taught and that the students are taught, you know, respect the body, look after the body. Um, there's a bin at the end of a table. So anything that you take off goes into the bin. So it remains absolutely in that area. And then at the end of term, everything is cremated for that one body. And there's a big service and attending the service of the teachers, the students and the family who had, who, who, who had the, who were related to the body that was donated. Yeah. And thanks is given to the lives of the people who donated their bodies. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, equally some um, progress might come out of that knowledge as well. Yeah. People might consider, yeah. Sort of yeah. I've been seriously considering about donating my body to science at the end, because why not? If I can, if it could be used to educate some doctors in the future. Yeah, yeah. I've got no use for it anymore. Why not? No, and it's better than being like thrown <laughs> in the generator, isn't it? I'm going to be frozen. You want I've to be really frozen, made, do you? I'm going to be frozen, yeah, brought back when the Millennium Falcon is a real spaceship. <laughs> so I had, um, I had oh, a conversation. Um, I was working with a guy called Dr Richard Van in 2012, about this time of year. And Dick and I worked really closely together for about three years. And he died last year, unfortunately. I miss him terribly. He was a really good um, space and... Um, diving medicine researcher. And I remember having a conversation with him a couple of years ago about Matt Groening and Futurama. You know the cartoon? No. It? Okay, so Futurama, they've got heads in jars oh, in there. Futurama? Yeah. I've heard of Futurama, yeah. Yeah, right, well, if you watch it, you find that they've got, they open a cupboard and it's full of heads in jars and you've got people like Nixon and so on in there who you can go and natter with. And I said to Dick, you know, I'd really, I really wish this was true because we could put heads of notice specialists in jars and preserve their heads. And that way we could preserve their expertise and you could just wander in and you could just, you'd either go and get a key question answered about something or you can just talk to them. Yeah. So, you know, what do you think about this new um, modelling for decompression theory? Do you think this is a really good idea? And, you know, you could ask Dick and Dick would say blah, 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 and you'd come up with the answer. And uh, Dick's response was a wry smile. Um, and I, if I could put Eric Grove's head in a jar and Dick Van's head in a jar, <laughs> then I would have done because because of the expertise, the hard-earned expertise that they had. Yeah, yeah. it's the trouble, isn't it? It's the, uh, when people die, you do lose so much experience and and knowledge. Well, the light kind of fades, doesn't it? And you know, you're never going to get that kind of enthusiasm of knowledge from yeah. someone else. It, it was theirs to own and yeah, deliver. Hmm. He has so, written some books, which is good. Um, so we haven't lost it all. Um, and we do have his documentaries as well, you know, where he's contributed to yeah. documentaries. But yes, we have lost a very special person. Um, yeah. So is his ability going to be published in? Yes, it will be. Yeah. It's going to be published in Extra Magazine. Great. As is the news about the bracelet and the bracelet donations as well, that will also be an X-ray magazine too. Yeah. Well, we'll get some yeah more of our audience over to look at it. Yeah. 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 I think I'm pretty sure I've seen um, some videos on YouTube uh, when he's took part of it, and um, so I find 
some of the history to uh, the naval history really interesting. Some of these, you know, the history of some of these wrecks and those. So I'm pretty sure he's popped up on some of them. Yes, he's got curly hair and he gets very enthusiastic. And I swear that I could almost see steam coming off his head yeah. um, because he got, and you expect his bow tie to start twirling at a key moment or, you know, lightning strikes to come out because he's just so um, engaged with his subject. Yeah, and it's infectious for his audience as well. Yeah. So that's, that's the best thing that if you can get in embraced by that kind of enthusiasm and it comes into you, there's nothing better. So, good. Um, taking it in full circle, back to your original question. If, you, if your, your man in America can find an a instructor yeah. who enthuses, enthuses, enthuses him when he walks in about what scuba diving is like, and what it's like to learn and, and where they're going to go local diving. That's the one. Um, that's the one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, very true. So, yeah, that's great because it just brings it in the circle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, great. Thank you very much, Ros, for answering. Yeah, great. Bringing, yeah, some great news items as well. You're welcome. I look forward to the next two exciting questions you're going to bring me. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for uh, joining us on the podcast again. Well, thank you, Roz, for that. That was brilliant. And uh, thank you to Matt and Josh for sending in your questions. If you have some burning questions that you are dying to ask, here's the place for you to send it in. And uh, let us have them. Yep. Roz is back on in a couple of weeks' time. And uh, let's fire them over to Roz. And uh, it's really great. And uh, we have this what do we call it, a shop window, an opportunity yeah. and with with somebody of Rosemary's experience and level of diving exactly. who we can just go, hey, we've got these questions, what do you think? And, you know, as Roz said, they're exciting questions and she's looking forward to more, so send them in. You can email them or you can use our social media platforms, so uh, Twitter. 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 We're on Twitter. <laughs> Facebook or Instagram. Yes. Instagram. What would be really cool, right? What would be really cool, I just thought about this, I hadn't thought it all the way through. What would be really cool is if our listener used a back phone mm. and said, here's our question. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah, and we can play it, so to speak, from the horse's mouth. That would be really cool. So there we go. You got That's a double whammy. You can be on the show and you get to ask. Yeah. So what's the number again? Just so we've, it's plus four four. Seven eight one zero double o five nine two four. Hey, there we go. High five. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that's that coming up on the next episode. Actually, before that, there'll be a trailer out on Friday. There will a little taster of who we spoke to that's coming up on episode 70. Yeah, do you know it's, it's 12 months, it's a little celebration. Uh, yeah, you know, and we have an episode coming out on the 3rd of May. With a catch up with Christina and Kevin. Yeah, Christina Zanato, based out in Bahamas, and Kevin Lorenz. And, yeah. yeah, so uh, look out for that. That's out on the third. Um, little shouts out to them both and people of the water. And, um, you know, it's, it was really good. We've been blessed this year, you know, this our first year by um, knowing them and, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, chatting to them. We chat to them on and off line don't we yeah yeah so we've done three episodes with christina and one with kevin as well to hear about um his scuba journey and yeah. cave diving and diving with sharks so but yeah we do catch up with them yeah offline as well so it's yeah. great yeah so uh, yeah it's good and uh, look forward to that and i believe that's about it from us yeah so the week ahead we're just gonna We've got work and we're going to try and get out in the water yeah. and uh, yeah, maybe plan some diving in for yeah coming weeks. So Yeah, the uh, once we're out diving, um, which hopefully will be in the next sort of week or so with a bit of luck, mm. um, the back phone will be coming out with us. We've got plans for that, how to uh, make that a bit more, what's the word? Uh, Three-dimensional. Three-dimensional, yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So uh, that'll be coming out on tour with us. We've got a flag. Look out for the flag. Yeah, we've got a flag. So, yeah. So, again, it'll be on our YouTube channel. So yeah. go over to the YouTube channel and hit the subscribe button and like button. 
Yeah. And if you've got any comments uh, or questions, then yeah, just let us know and we're here to respond. Yeah, don't forget we do have a Patreon system. Look at that. Uh, search for us on the Patreon website. Also, there's a free way you can help us and support your podcast, and that is by telling your friends all about us. Uh, you know, the big scoop, it's an easy one to remember. Tell your friends. Look up Entail. It's a really uh, good platform. Yeah, on um, the app. Yeah, where you can get the automatic links for anything that we talk about. But we're on all the platforms and, uh, you know, tell your friends, share, give us a review. That yeah. all helps us basically go being found by other yeah. divers. And, that, so. and if you've got any recommendations on products, equipment, dive sites, then tell us. Tell us. Yeah, yeah. We've got lots going on and lots of people coming on to uh, talk to us. Lots so, in the pipeline. Yeah, there is. So, but... You know, we're always thinking about the future and what's uh, what we need to cover and that. So, uh, and uh, you know, that's a brilliant way and a free way you can support the site. While we're talking about patrons, let's say a very quick happy birthday to one of our uh, long-serving patrons, John Everson. Thank you for all, for all your support, and we hope you have a really great and happy birthday. Yes, happy birthday, John. I hope it's a great one. Yeah, and just uh, thank you for downloading. Yep, absolutely. Thank you wherever you are uh, for downloading this episode. Yeah, so we'll be back on episode 70. We'll be back. We'll be back, yeah. We'll be back, as Arnold once said. That's it for me. Right. That's it from you. Yeah, we're going to go for a run now, aren't we? Yes, we are. And we'll speak to you all (laughs) soon. That's key. Right, come on. See you later. (laughs) Thanks for listening. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the podcast. We are not affiliated with any agency or organisation and all opinions expressed in this episode are our own and those of our guests. If you wish to make any comments about this episode, then please do contact us via email or our social media platforms that are listed in the episode show notes. Alternatively, you can send us a message or voice message via WhatsApp on the Big Scuba Bat Phone. And the number is plus four four seven eight one zero 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 five nine two four. We will always respond promptly. And thank you once again for downloading this episode.